Hello everybody, my name is Daniel Prince and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, today's show, I'm catching up with uh, Max from the podcast Bit by Bit. He's another British podcaster. Um, you know, vive la revolution, as we say in Britain. <laughs> um, I just wanted to, to catch up with Max. I appeared on his show back in January, and that was the first Bitcoin podcast show I'd ever appeared on. I've been on many others for uh, for homeschooling or world schooling purposes. But he'd invited me on after um, uh, connecting on Twitter. And it was actually appearing on Max's show, going to his home and um, recording this uh, and meeting him. That kind of really kicked me in the butt to to start my own podcast. So I have a lot to owe Max. And I wanted to catch up with him and see what's been going on the last four months and, and you know the guests he's been exposed to, the guests I've been exposed to. I hope you enjoy the conversation. It's uh, it's always great to to catch up w- with Max and find out what's been going on and uh, his thoughts around Bitcoin and uh, well, everybody's got a thought about right now about what's been going on with COVID as well and um, you know what's going on in different countries around the world. So I hope you enjoy the episode. As usual, I want to give a, a quick shill for Real Vision. Go and check them out. Uh, realvision.com one dollar unlocks 30 days of their content which will give you a really nice rounded macro view and if you want to learn more about myself then uh, you can visit our family website at princesofthegrid.weebly.com where you will find uh, the book i wrote um, about uh, world schooling leaving the rat race and uh, starting a, a digital nomad life thanks for listening guys hope you enjoy the show well, let's get this going. Um, podcaster to podcaster. Um, yeah, it's been too long, actually. A lot has happened uh, since we last had a chance to catch up. A lot has happened. Um, so we, um, well, Max, bit by bit. That's um, that's your podcast. Do you do you want to tell the listeners who you are and um, who I am? Or yeah, so um, well, we met. When was it? It must have been four January. months ago. January. So. It was when I just started my podcast. You were one of the first guests on there, actually. And, yeah, we started chatting on Twitter, um, had very similar views. And then um, you were in London for, I think you were, you were setting up some sort of, uh, what was it you were doing in London? You were setting up some sort of something Business. for one of your kids. or Yeah, I can't, remember what it, I can't remember what it was now, but anyway. You've got it. Right. You've got it. Um, I was there with one of my kids that was doing a, an internship. Oh. Oh, yeah. um, I thought you meant like an actual, I thought you meant like a very long time ago. I thought you set up a business once, didn't you? No, no, no. I, I took Caitlin to London yeah. and she was working as an intern. Yeah, but I remember uh, you saying that you made up a business somehow. Okay, listen, stop it. rambling. You have a question for me. <laughs> so what was it? Yeah, go Come on, on. Get, get, get closer to the mic. Um, It's going to be very technical, I know. I've, I've made notes. Ooh, why do you like podcasting? Why do I like podcasting? I love speaking to interesting people and learning from them. And I get to learn for free by doing it. <laughs> I love, I'm at the chatterbox, so um, beware. Beware. <laughs> I've been warned already. I've been warned. 
Don't invite Lauren onto your show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is that was that a good enough answer? All right. Bye bye. You have to live up to that now. We have to think of good questions. Exactly, mate. We've got to get um, the 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 questions as good as as Lauren's. But uh, yeah, I mean, well, it is a valid question, right? Um, we're uh, so many of us are how podcasting. Have, how have you found it? How, how have you sort of how have you found since we last met? How's it gone? Incredible. Like I don't know. <laughs> actually, listening to myself back on a few episodes i i think i'm starting to discover the words i say a lot and that's one of them incredible and wow are like my two um, like most used <laughs> words but that that is like symbolic of the kind of like you said i i started this thing because and thanks to you actually in being invited onto your show um was the kick in the butt that i really needed to start my own show because sitting down and speaking with someone about it and seeing how you'd set it up and, you know, like um, it is a low barrier to entry, right? It is oh, almost very. zero cost. Yeah. And I was like, what's my excuse? Why, why am I still procrastinating over this? And um, you definitely gave me the push I needed um, because when I listened to us talking about it, it's like we weren't rambling. We, we had some valid points and we were probably going to help some people. So if I get yeah, right, that's it. I'm starting. And I can't yeah. believe, I cannot believe the people that, been exposed to have been kind enough to share their time and are just in it to help and educate others so yeah thanks thanks mate that's um, well no just... it's it's brilliant and that's the that's the whole thing with this is like you want to explain this stuff to other people and like you know after speaking to you i was like right this guy's exactly like on the same wavelength and i'd only just started doing the podcast really like a couple of months before and I wouldn't have got to speak to people like you and all the other amazing people I've got to chat to. And it's refreshing from normal life. Like it's, you know, it, it's a nice, there's the, there's the thing, there's a parts about it that are annoying. Like we were just saying before we started recording, the editing's a pain and some of the organization and stuff is a pain, but actually sitting down and chatting to the sort of guests that we're chatting to is just, it's just like what I'd like to do with my time. I get to speak to some of the smartest people on the planet with some really interesting views, have a glass of wine <laughs> and and chat away. It's brilliant. I love it. So, and, and it seems like uh, the, the more of us out there sort of talking to people and the more of us out there reaching out to people, the quicker we, we make these things happen. So we're all in it together. Do you suffer from any nerves when like uh, some of those like, well-respected big guys say, yeah, I'd come on the show. And you're just like, whoa, how did that just happen? And Uh, do I even stand up and have the education around their subject (laughs) to ask them good enough questions? Uh, A a couple I was a little bit nervous about, a little bit nervous uh, with Pierre Richard because I really look up to the bloke. Some of his articles have been the best I've ever read. And uh, when I first came into... Uh, really looking into Bitcoin, he was one of the people where I was like, wow, this guy just gets it. Um, so I wouldn't say nervous. Um, it, it was just it was just almost more, it was surreal. Um, and then I would say the only other one I've been maybe slightly nervous with was uh, Lop because I was just like, you know, this guy is very, very technical. Um, 
ultra like cypherpunk uh you know and and so that one i was a little bit nervous but what i found is there's no need to be nervous because they're all just really nice really down-to-earth people and they're very very respectful and and kind and good with their time and you know it's brilliant and i guess you have found that with some because you had some really good one i listened to your one recently with rao pal that was brilliant um, you've had some amazing guests on. Have you had any nerves or? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's like um, thinking, like I said, you know, I, am I going to be able to stand up and, and actually, because we're giving them the platform, right? It's their, the yeah. way I see it is their show and we're trying to um, get their it. point across if possible. But if I'm asking dumbass questions, then I, I just can't, you know, so yeah, I do sometimes feel going into it like you know, say for example, I you know it it was pretty clear I wanted to talk to him about time preference, and yeah. so there was no nerves. But Raúl, goodness me, like macro investor, any market in, he knows not inside out. No one could ever claim to know markets inside out. But you know, I was thinking, what if he starts talking about bonds? What if he starts talking about um, uh, fixed yeah. income? What if he starts talking about like the the deepest depths of gold markets or something. And I, like, yeah. I'm just going to look there like a, a bit of a, you know, I can speak at a high level about most of those markets, mm. but when he gets deep, so I was a little bit, you know, nervous of, because it was so early in the show as well. Mm. I was a bit nervous that, um, you know, we might be taking down some rabbit holes, but he was so easy. And of course, yeah. he, because he's been doing real vision for six years. Yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. what it's like, right? Yeah. He he knew he knows what it's like to be an interviewer, and yeah. he's been in the same. So, in the end, he was one of the easiest interviews. And my goodness, what what a chat! It was just incredible. Like you know, his knowledge and his mm. his willingness to discuss any topic openly. And what I love about you know, like his his view and his ethos is is education, right? It's what it comes down to. Yeah. That's what Real Vision was was started for, is to educate. Um, mm. And now, thankfully for for many many of the people that fell down the rabbit hole because of watching Real Vision, you know that mm-hmm. was one that was one one place I can point at. That was the place that started me down the rabbit hole. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it was an honor. It was great. I picked that one out because I thought that was a particularly good one. Because uh, I've listened to a few with him with other podcasters, and I have to say, yours was the best. It really was a really great interview. Um, it was the one I definitely picked out, and it just it just flowed nicely. Um, and and you did get quite deep into the weeds in parts, but it wasn't overfacing. I think there's a fine line with someone like that. Either with someone highly technical, uh, with someone who's very highly technical on the Bitcoin side, or someone who's unbelievably experienced on the financial side, it's a fine line of like, okay, you have to make sure that the majority of your listeners can still understand what's being talked about. But then equally, you want to dive deeper and understand more that you don't know yourself, so you want to ask them. So it's that fight, you know, it's that keeping that fine line, and you kept it perfectly. Thank you very much. Very, very kind. Now, what I want to ask you about what rabbit holes you've been pulled into since, like, um, being exposed <laughs> to some of these people. Like, you know, we're already down it, but we find ourselves yeah. bit getting pulled into different little warrens. A few. 
um, a few. So, so the main one I've gone down is well, there's a couple. The main one I've gone down is setting up my node, doing more of my development, getting more into the weeds with the more technical stuff. Um, I've I've set up another little Raspberry Pi the other day and put Linux on it, and and like now trying to build this privacy phone um, and, and just more more getting my hands dirty because I got to the point where, you know, for I think for both of us, we're like, our thesis around Bitcoin is we're pretty damn certain. And yeah, we could be wrong, but um, it's, it's very rare that I look at anything and it really sways my judgment either way. I don't think I can be more bullish and nothing is really making me less. So I thought, well, I'd like to dive down this rabbit hole and, and get more technical. And it's been it's been a challenge. <laughs> it's been a challenge for sure. Yeah, but it's been very interesting. And people, again, as always, have been so helpful. So building a node from scratch, that's what you've gone and done? Or... Yeah, well, I used the MyNode. Uh, do you know the MyNode team, MyNode BTC? No, uh, no, um, I don't. You can have to educate so, me. Well, so so basically, I I built the node with parts. So I bought. I can send you the list if if it's something you're looking to do at some point. So I built built it from a Raspberry Pi four, bought a little SSD, bought a case for it, and a fan, and all the bits and pieces that you need. Um, and basically, it looks like if you've seen the CASA nodes and those sort of just like a little box, isn't it? Um, but you. I built that myself and then flashed the, sorry, I'll just turn my phone off here. Then flashed mm -hmm. the software, which is like my node software onto a little SSD card. And um, they, you can either have it free. So you can have a like completely free service um, and you have like a little dashboard where it will have, you know, a block explorer, you know, it will link to a wallet um and it obviously downloads the blockchain so you can you can see it from the first transaction i actually chose to pay 99 dollars uh which you don't have to do but it does support the team who's working on this software and like it's really good um so i paid the 99 dollars gives you a couple of extra features so um I'm trying to think what the extra features are so it will give you um BTC pay server so you can integrate that uh, so like if you're setting up say a shop or like you want merchandise or that kind of stuff you can then set it up and all your transactions can come to your node and you can verify them and there's no one in between which is pretty cool um, and also you can link it to uh, Whirlpool Samurai so you can have so you basically you can have your own coin joins or whatever you want to call it, but basically you have your own coin join stuff set up, um, and it's just all in one really nice simple interface. Like there's no command line, there's none of the like you know highly technical stuff. Once it's set up, I could probably teach it to my dad. <laughs> probably like I, like genuinely i probably could like if i sat down with him for a day i'll he'd get it it's it's easy enough it's like using an iphone um so yeah it was it was good the actual building of the node 
maybe it took took me an evening and a quarter of a bottle of whiskey and uh, <laughs> a couple of albums and you know and it was done it was really not I actually really enjoyed it so um yeah it's it's definitely something I would advise to anyone even if even if you feel like I'm not massively technical I'm trying to learn more but I was quite intimidated and um, I think when we last spoke actually we were we were both saying like you know it's quite intimidating but we want to do it so um has it been on your mind at all or yeah it has yep it has and um yeah it's definitely a project i've got to get around to um again stop making excuses right and just get on with it yeah it's, uh we can all sit here and say oh well you know the post isn't yeah. running because of covid and you know oh i don't yeah. have time and it's all bullshit yeah. like it's just yeah. like you know just got to do it just and um, yeah exactly yeah, there's there's benefits to it, and um, also I feel like like I never I never actually spend my Bitcoin, so I don't really probably need to use this thing at the moment until I've got this um, BTC pay up and that sort of stuff. But one, it is making the network more secure and more decentralized, and you know, like we said again on on the last episode, this isn't just about the money. This is about actually making change. This is about actually there being a chance for a real revolution without violence, but actually taking back power. Um, and, you know, if I've got to spend one evening and I don't know what it cost me, ugh, 200 quid, uh, to, to, to help make sure that that happens, then, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, that's my next journey, I think, my next project. I've been awesome. um, focusing my um, my efforts on more, learning more about Austrian economics. So I signed up for SAFE's courses. Uh, so I'm already halfway through the second one. And uh, yeah, it's great. You know, you you, you have a lecture on a Monday um, just via Zoom. You all click mm -hmm. into Zoom at like 5 p.m. French time on, on a Monday. And he delivers like an hour long lecture about certain different topics around uh, Austrian economics mm -hmm. uh, and the different um, uh, like personas in that field, whether it's Mises or Rothbard. And I haven't read any of these books, right? Not been exposed to this before. Audio and books, audio books. It gets you through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then on a Thursday, we have like this. Oh, there's, I don't know, 20 to 30 of us on, on a Zoom call and yeah. um, he goes through the questions that people have uh, emailed off to him and then we have open discussions. We pick his brain. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, it's, wow. Like you, you get dragged down all kinds of different um, thought patterns and it's really good. I, I can really uh, recommend it. How many of you are on the course? Well, don't know for certain because some people will just catch uh, the video recording. So if they can't uh, be there, then uh, they'll just download the audio from the site, and um, yeah, and and again, like it's like like ninety or hundred bucks, something like that, for like wow. a ten week course, and that's twenty hour to an hour and a half long lessons, exposure to the guy that's written the Bitcoin standard, which yeah. in two hundred years I think is going to be one of those. It's you know it could well be the Mises of our time, right? It's yeah. it's it's madness, yeah. Uh, so such a small investment mm. to to really like power up your knowledge is an absolute no-brainer that's awesome so in in each uh zoom call what will you have like in terms of 
like the average amount of people who are sort of jumping in with questions and on the Thursday discussions, there's around thirty people. Um, okay, and I would say out of that thirty, there's five to seven people that um, Talk. are constantly, yeah, constantly yeah. asking the most questions. Um, so perhaps the others prefer to, to stay silent. Um, I don't know that definitely people are. You know, they'll have the cameras off. They're worried about OPSEC. And then there's others mm-hmm. that are um, fully open and, and taking part. And, uh, yeah. you know, so interesting people met some very cool people as well. This is the great thing, right? It's another way of building a community yeah. and finding like-minded people. And I've connected with like two or three of the people that um, have been on the course and had really long and mm-hmm. cool, open discussions with them, Yeah, that's which nice. is what we find, right, in the Bitcoin community. It's it is. Like, you know, it is weird. You could be... You could be the furthest left kind of political ideal. You could yeah. be the furthest right political ideal. You could be, you know, some kind of uh, religious nut in yeah. whatever religion. And you could be a complete and total atheist. But you start talking about Bitcoin, yeah. level playing field. Yeah. It's mad. <laughs> it is. It is weird. It's, I, what I, I think a lot of it comes down to is like, there seems to be a common theme with Bitcoin. It's like you say, it doesn't matter what political side they're on or or if they just literally at the point they don't care about politics at all um, or, or whatever their other views are. But most Bitcoiners or the ones that I've met, they seem to take responsibility for their own actions and they tend not to be lazy. And they're too things that like if you have that if you have that common ground of like they're not lazy and they're responsible for themselves and generally then because of that it makes them respectful for others because they know what hard work is and they know what goes into things then generally they're pretty decent people and and i think you just don't see that much of that in normal i call it real life but like I don't know that it is real life. It feels more like the matrix to me now is like, you know, when you speak to normal people, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I lift my, my head up from Twitter and I've been on there and I'm chatting to people and I'm chatting to other Bitcoiners. And, and then I go out into the real world and I have a conversation with someone and I think, I just want to go home. I can't deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> because they're, they're so different, they're so different that you just think, "Oh Jesus!" and uh, and you can't go. Oh, by the way, have you heard about this thing called Bitcoin? It's going to change your views. You can't do that. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's two different worlds completely. And since you've started the podcast, that do you get? Um, I mean, I remember talking to you about this back in January. Uh, slowly. Very, very slowly, some of your friends were kind of coming around to the idea. Has that trend kept up, or are you still finding it difficult to to get across to people like, uh, please have a look at this thing? No, I just can't be bothered anymore. I just, <laughs> I just, because now I get to, now I get to, you know, I'm having this conversation with you. I get to chat about Bitcoin. I enjoy it, and then it, it's like my fix. I don't then. It's not constantly on my brain because I get to chat to people about what's interesting. And if I have a conversation with a normal person, 99.9% of the time, they don't care. Um, they won't understand it anyway. I can't explain it to them in an, you know 10 minutes, let alone two, three weeks if they actually wanted to really learn, to really understand it. I'm not going to learn anything from them 
they're not going to thank me anyway. So, you know, it will find them when it finds them. And sadly, like, I just, I've come to the conclusion that when, when things become terrible for them, they'll find it. And, and if they don't want to do the work themselves, so be it because uh, it's too much effort. And and I, I, you know, I think you probably have the same thing. There's not enough hours in the day. I mean, how busy have you been since you started your podcast? I imagine very busy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're a family man who's trying to run this and speak to all these people and learn and do the courses and, 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 you know, to, to then be explaining to a normie about Bitcoin and, and them asking stupid questions. You just think, oh, fuck it, no. let someone else do that personally. But maybe maybe you have a super uh, superpower of how you can explain it to them and they understand. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's half the reason I started the podcast in the hope that if you know, just let the other people do the talking, you know? It, yeah. It's, um, okay, if you, I, I got to the point where it's like, I know people aren't going to listen to me and not going to ask me about it down the pub generally. Uh, so why don't, you know, why don't I just start sending a podcast around a few episodes? Mm. And I was hoping, you know, close family would take a look at it. But I don't think they've listened. <laughs> Definitely for friends. Yeah, I've got a handful of friends that now are like, um, well down the rabbit hole, for sure. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Awesome. And it's it's strange, right? A, di- a different style of podcast will unlock a different person's mind. It's whatever that mm. resonates with them, yes. um, and whether that's for whatever reason, like the the technology, like you know, bam, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Or the mm. mining, right? What? Yeah, they're brilliant. Or like uh, the financial um, speculative part. If somebody's in markets, um, mm-hmm. then you know they're going to understand that side of things. So it's just choosing and. Picking and choosing, I think that, yeah, it's a good way to do it. I, I knew a friend of mine would come at it from a humanitarian angle. So I sent him, I think it was, yeah, it was Peter McCormack's interview with uh, Alex Gladstein. Alex Gladstein, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great like, go-to. Yeah, it's a great go-to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like matching your friends with podcast episodes that you think is going, and then just hope that they listen. Yeah. Um, and it could just be that easy, just one or two podcasts and um, – you know, they're, they're intrigued. Yeah. Um, it's capturing the imagination, isn't it? Um, which is the important thing. And I think, like you said, it's such a shame, but like you said, no one's going to listen to you who knows you and no one's going to listen to me who knows me because mm-hmm. you're just you and I'm just me to them. And and so we can't know. But once you get someone on who is an expert in their specific field and it's one that they can be they can have their appeal to authority it's like oh okay well this is a hedge fund manager or this is a such and such and oh you know they, they've worked for such and such company or fund then they will listen and you can they can say the exact same thing as you've said but um it definitely helps have, having the guests on and, and being able to push it but my friends and family will not listen to my show not one not one in fact, that's not true. My my dad's girlfriend has listened to a couple. Right. So, Desiree, if you're listening, big respect <laughs> for actually bothering because you're the only person I know who has bothered to listen to one second. No one cares. 
So uh, it, it's, it's, it's a case of like getting it out to other people who aren't in your friendship circle. And then maybe, yeah, like you say, like maybe send one of Peter McCormack's or send one of, you know, Tales from the Crypt or send one of those sort of ones. And, and, and maybe they listen to that. Um, I think that's probably a better tactic. But I'm, I'm sure. impressed you've got some people in. I'm very impressed. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's cool, mate. It, it, when you get those texts, right? Uh, oh, what do I do now? And um, you know, what, what, where should I sign up? Where should I go? What do I do now? Um, you know, it's just slowly, 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 yeah, leading um, further into the rabbit hole, which we're all, mm. which we're all in. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's room for many more. What's been the de- what's been the demographic of those people like? Are they sort of younger, older, been in markets, just normies? Like, what? What's the who's one, it at home with? One uh, has been, yeah, family guy. Loves markets, um, trades for himself, <coughs> and sees it from that angle. Uh-huh. Um, one the other day just blew me out the um, blew me out the water. It was the lady that um, edited my book way back like two years ago mm-hmm. and I just sent her um she contacted me about something I was putting her in touch with someone and uh she said oh you know what projects are you working on so I just sent her a link mm-hmm. one link to to one thing that I knew she would um be interested in because I had a homeschool um uh couple come on um who were bitcoining and homeschooling yeah and she had um she's written her own book about uh, world schooling and it hit home immediately. I got a text back from her within three or four hours. How do I start buying this? Really? It like, wow. Yeah. It was like, bam. That's awesome. Like, right. And so she was in the US. It's like, right, get onto Swan, start dollar cost averaging. Yeah. Because that is going to be the, the lowest barrier to entry. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. Um, and that's when like everything's worth it, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I would love to have had that. that <laughs> I would have loved to have had that feeling. I haven't. Uh, I haven't had anyone do that from a podcast yet. Um, but I've had a few messages and, and personal messages on Twitter and that sort of stuff, and people who have enjoyed it, and, and that makes it worth it. Just that. Just someone saying, "Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the episode." Or can you just, uh, even if it's questions, like even if it's just a question about something, and I'm like, "That's awesome." Like someone actually appreciates the time i'm putting in and that's a nice feeling and yeah uh, definitely like you say it makes it it makes it all worth it but even without that it's worth it because you get to chat to amazing people you know yeah exactly you'd pay a lot of money to to have a conversation with the sort of people we're having a conversation with and and we get to do it for free yep totally so what's going on artwork wise mate because um you're becoming like uh the bitcoin (laughs) the bitcoin art guy or one of yeah. them because this it's really cool actually because um again to reference the bitcoin standard when safe has a, a, a bit of a rant about fiat art and fiat music and yeah. you know, i agree on many many of those topics what i'm seeing coming out of the bitcoin space those people that are creatives have fallen yeah. in the rabbit hole are like creating some amazing pieces of art which mm. takes not just hours but weeks could, could oh, you yeah. could you speak to that yeah um i can i can and i can't actually because weirdly since i really fell down the rabbit hole i haven't stepped foot in my studio <laughs> um 
Uh, that's not true. I've been in. I've been in. I spent one week where I just. I just felt like I needed a break from everything else. Like it just. Just sometimes it just like I really want to get in the studio, clear my head, um, and so I've actually I've done two Bitcoin related paintings. Um, one of the Genesis block. And I've done one from when all that hodl nor stuff was going on with CSW and all of that. And I, I really, uh, I, I liked, I liked to see that everyone was chipping in and helping. And that really was the first time that I saw that kind of, I don't, I don't know whether to say community, well, I guess it is community feel of like, we're all in this together. We all, you know, generally have the same sort of goals and the fact that everyone was chipping in it really inspired me so I, I did a painting for that as well but they're not up for sale uh they're mine so i you know i, I haven't actually painted anything for sale for a year and a half <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i haven't done i haven't done anything i have a load of work anyway because i have stuff up in the house and i have um there's a private hospital near where I live, really nice private hospital. And they asked if they can have some artwork. And I was like, well, actually, because I don't have time to be going to any art shows or doing anything like that, you can, you can have it on your walls. Um, and it's just sat there since because I, I'm too, I'm too fascinated with what's going on in Bitcoin that I, I, I struggling to get the time away. Um, but once I have, once I have my BTC pay server set up, my plan is I will sell my art. I will sell it only for Bitcoin. And I want to do some, I haven't worked out exactly what it's going to be, but I want to do some kind of either giving a percentage of everything that I earn so that people can set up nodes so that we can help strengthen the network um, or something along those lines. I haven't quite worked out what, um, it's not going to go to a charity because I just I haven't come across one where I believe the money goes where it's supposed to go. That's the problem. Uh, so, but I want to give something back. So it will probably be something like that, like uh, setting people up with with nodes or or uh, maybe maybe helping people to towards like being able to do development or something like that, being able to pay for um, some sort of schooling or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's just time. It's just finding the time to get all this stuff set up. So, uh, do you have anything yeah. in mind that um, that you might be looking at painting or creating? Because it wouldn't just be painting; it could be anything. Yeah. Right? that's the thing with I, art. I have I have a few ideas. Um, I, I keep a sketchbook with me everywhere I go, and it's full because I haven't mm. had time to go into the into the studio. So it's full and it's it's waiting. But um, I don't know. I guess. I guess I should have some time in the next sort of two to three months. I'll get time to go back in. And I'm someone who goes all in on something or nothing. And I've been all in on everything to do with Bitcoin. And before that, I was all in on everything to do with, with my art. And I did nothing else. And before that, it was property. And uh, I, I need to I need to get back into the studio and be all in. I can't dip in and, in and out. It's just... Uh, I don't know. I'm not wired like that. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I look forward to um, seeing what uh, whatever whatever you create. Yeah, that that would be good. It's um, it's getting it out there as well. I mean, it's getting 
I don't I don't want to um I almost have got to the point I don't want to do anything for Fiat anymore. Uh I say almost. I actually have got to that point now. I don't I don't actually want to support it anymore because I don't feel it's right. And I feel every time like I feel sick every time I have like a pound note in my hand. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. So I, I need to get uh, I need to get everything set up so that I can sell my art for Bitcoin. And until I can do that and only that, no, nothing's for sale. It's funny because I've heard I've heard other people say that recently. Mm. Um, I was on a um, I was on a group call. Uh, David Nage uh, set up a group call the other day, and there was like five or six people on this house party. Just Bitcoiners hanging out from all over the world, mm. and he fielded that question. You know how does how do people feel about fiat? And, and one guy answered just like you. He's like, it disgusts me. I yeah. don't want to hold it. I don't want to see it. I don't want it anywhere near me. And mm. it was like, you know, re- really, it's like, wow, shit. I'm I'm not at that point yet. <laughs> but you know, because the way I see it is, um, you know, the, these to use a the use use kind of a pun. These are these are the keys. Right. I, I look mm. at them as keys, like these these euro notes and uh, euro coins. These are keys. These are keys to Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to teach my kids that as much as possible. Uh, and um, I had a great um, guest on the other day, Scott Sibley, who has created this really cool looking um, card game uh, to play, you know, family fun. And this is going to be a, a game changer, I hope, in in educating kids through play mm-hmm. like really really easy simple way i think i might have seen that it's a bitcoin related game isn't it yeah it's called yeah. shamory yeah i've seen i think i've seen it knocking about on twitter actually so yeah. have you got have you got one already in your hands or no he's um post production right now so you can pre order um but of course with the shutdown everywhere like the the manufacturing that he had all lined up is um mm. you know out of biz right now so he's uh, um it's a bummer because you know he he has the product uh he had the idea he's created the product he has the product he had everything all the dominoes were set to fall and now bam nothing uh, is all stopped but uh, he is shame. taking pre-orders um and th- the next problem was because he's based in the US and I wanted it shipped to to Europe the post was the same amount as the actual card game itself. Yeah. So we've got to do some work around that, but I can't wait to get my hands on it. And um, yeah, definitely check it out. There's a, there's a demo on YouTube. It's going to be, you know, one of those great little presents that you can just hand around people. Yeah. Um, especially friends and family or, or invite people to sit down like drinking games. Cause just a bunch of adults could play as well. Yeah, and um, we need yeah, to actually uh, need to be off this uh, lockdown so that we can <laughs> have oh, contact oh. again. Let's let's go down that rabbit hole, uh, lockdown rabbit hole. And first of all, actually, I got a question. Um, did you see? I don't know whether you follow too closely um, the news. Um, I tend to steer well clear of it. That's wise. Yeah. Carol Cadwallader came across my. Um, I, I follow her because of you know she's done a lot of work for the Guardian around um, privacy and um, like. I'm not actually aware Facebook. of. It. I, have, I haven't actually read any of the any of her stuff. I, but the same, I zero mainstream. We don't even turn the TV on. There's not nothing comes on. My van, the radio doesn't work properly. I have one CD in there, <laughs> so I don't I don't get exposed to any of it. So, uh, but yeah, so. So she's a privacy advocate for the Guardian. 
Uh, yeah, basically called out um, Cambridge Analytica, uh, Facebook, and um, really um, delves into what's going on right now with um, this Dominic Cummings character that seems to be, um, you know, the, the the master of the puppet that is Boris. Mm. And The Guardian outed yesterday that uh, apparently Dominic Cummings is, he is sitting on this scientific covid board mm. and um you know pulling all of that narrative and it's like oh man really like you know this is now all a bit more understandable of the narrative and how we're all locked up in our homes well especially in the uk um i just wanted to like get your thoughts around that and if you could help the listeners understand what is going on in the uk uh, it's a weird one. Uh, there's a lot of fear. Mm, perfect um, for governments, right? This is the yeah, thing. There's a lot of fear. So obviously it's, it's very difficult for me because like I'm always on the extreme end and always on the completely contrarian view of everything because like just in terms of like pattern recognition for me, I've, I've thought, right, okay, every time that anything is said in the mainstream media and whatever most people think, or not, not whatever most people think, whatever most people know is always wrong. So when the corona stuff, I first started hearing about it end of last year, beginning of this year, I was going around to people and saying, you know, I'm quite worried about this. I don't know what's going to happen. Do we get our masks? I already had masks of all my painting and stuff like that, you know. So I'm, right. I was like, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I am concerned because no one's worried about it in the media. And because they weren't worried about it, I was like, well, it's obviously bad then. But then as soon as it flipped and it was, oh, my God, this is terrible. Everyone's going to die and it's, it's horrendous and we're going to have lockdowns and we're going to have to close down. And I was thinking, again, like conspiracy theory side of me, I could completely be wrong. But I was like, it just seems a bit bloody convenient that we're already teetering on the edge of like we're going to have a serious problem with, with the whole economy across the world. We all know that because we're all Bitcoiners and this is all we talk about. We talked about it on our last show together. We were like, we keep telling people, don't buy stocks, don't buy property. It's all going to go bang. It's all a bubble, um, but we don't know when. And then this happened and it just felt like a, a very convenient way to shut everything down and blame something else. Um, so because I'm so much on that extreme side... It's difficult for really me to know what other people are feeling, but all I can see is fear. People, um, people from my family and friends are texting me things about how brilliant it is that we're going to have this tracking system where it's going to be on everyone's phone and you download an application and you can see who's been near you who might have been infected with COVID. And it's brilliant. So to me, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. And it makes me want to slap that person, but they're my friends and family. So, you know, uh, I just, I just ignore the text because there's no point in saying, well, don't be an idiot. They're going to take away your freedom. They're just blaming this whole thing on, um, 
they're going to blame the collapse of the economy on this, which is going to happen anyway. And they're going to take away your freedoms, print a load of money, give it to their friends, fuck you over again. Excuse my language. I don't know whether we can swear on your share, show. Sorry. Go, fucking go for uh, it. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Uh, take away your freedoms. And, and they're just going to accept it and then be thankful for it. So I don't know how to feel. I've just lived my life exactly as I've always lived my life. Um, I'll never be having a chip. I'll never be having an app and I'll never be having uh, an injection to save me from, from a disease that uh, more people die of hunger in six days than have from this uh, in what, four months? 25,000 people a day die from hunger. 150,000 people have died since the beginning of COVID. I feel sorry for those people. It's very sad. But perspective, you know, do, do they close down the whole economy because 10,000 children die a day? No, they don't give a shit. So why why are we caring? And and I also have the opinion that there are, there are young working families who can't afford to not work. Um, it doesn't affect them. It affects people who are either overweight, uh, over 60, overweight, or have underlying health problems. If you're one of those person, in my opinion, maybe they should be the ones who are tested. They should be the ones who are uh, self-isolating. If you're going to print a load of money anyway, give them the money, say, don't go out because you're actually at risk and let everyone else get on with it because we're not at risk. Um, there's my rant. I'm going to really upset people, but that's how I feel. How, how, how do you feel? about the whole situation yeah it's been um i've been from one extreme to the other when it first came out um when we first really start hearing about it probably february um early feb i was just like yeah whatever it's another sars you know i was in singapore we were living in singapore through sars seen it been yeah. there done that whatever and yeah. you know listen the t-shirt right? bowler uh yeah it made swine flu <laughs> <laughs> yeah, swine flu, uh, bird flu. I mean, Christ, we go all the way back to the eighties. I mean, this might. Were you around for Mad Cow's disease? Did you? Or did you uh, skip yeah, that I was. One? No, no, I was. I was around. I didn't get the T-shirt, but I, I was around. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mad Cow's disease, like you know, um, w was that just a British thing? Because the reason I ask, um, we were living in Singapore. This would have been early 2000s and uh, like they were having a blood drive and my my wife and I were going to go down and give blood. We, we both have the same blood and, um, you know, it's one of the rarer types. It's like, right, yeah, let's go and mm. just give back. Uh, yeah, turn to work at the door. You're British. Sorry, don't want your blood. You're like, what? That's a bit you are in You oh, are yeah. in France, though. <laughs> No, this was in. Yeah, this, oh, okay. <laughs> this, was, this was when we were in Singapore. We're like that. That's a bit weird. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the rationale, the reason for that was because we'd been exposed to mad cow's disease as kids, like in the um, in the eighties. Like, really? What? Wow. Like really? That's still and that is still a thing. You know, I, I think if you look into it, um, giving blood abroad as a British person, unless it's in like your real, true life and death situations. Mm. Um, is very much like uh, on a no-no list. Interesting. Like, that's nuts. Mm. That's nuts to think that that is so. You know, yes. Yeah, back to 
the COVID thing. Yeah, I was telling friends and family, this is going to pass. Just forget it. You know, don't worry about it. Then, um, you know, it all started kicking off. Uh, and especially here, you know, Italy locking down. It's like, wow, that's a bit weird. And then Spain and France, you know, being in France, um, you know, they're two border countries. Mm. Uh, and France was just carrying on about its daily life. And um, then all of a sudden, you know, it was pretty like, bam, okay, we're locking down. And uh, it's like, all right, let's take this seriously then mm. and just self-isolate. For us, it's not a problem. We're lucky. We're, um, we're you know, we're a big family, but we've we've got space. Uh, we've got a garden. We're, we're pretty rural. We're, we're not overcrowded. So it's not affecting us. We're, we're not, we're not stuck in an apartment or, um, you know, like in an overcrowded city where yeah. if you step outside, then you're going to have people pointing at you and um, shaming yeah. you and all of that. We don't, we don't, we don't have that problem. So for us, it's really not affected us. But what I see going on around the rest of the world is just like crazy. Um, and to your point, like the the draconian measures are very, very worrying because they're going to get addicted to this fear that they've created. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I mean when I say they. And um, they could open it all up again and then shut it down two or three weeks later mm-hmm. with, with a scare uh, and just whether or not it's real because they know they can push this button now. Mm-hmm. They know they can push a button and everyone goes running back to their homes. That's that. Yeah. And if I think about what's happened here in France over the last nine months, you know, you, we all <clears> saw the pictures uh, of the Gilets Jaunes um, in um, Paris, um, you know, rioting and picketing when mm-hmm. Macron was trying to change the retirement age and whatever else and um, hike up uh, taxes on fuel. People get to the streets here. Yeah. Now they've got an easy button. They can just push the COVID mm. button whenever they want, if they ever feel an uprising. So I think they're milking the fear. It's non-essential, it's non-essential as well, protesting. It's non-essential activity. So if you, just, if you just break it down and just think of that, what they're saying is, we will tell you when you can work and can't work. We will tell mm. you when you can leave and you can't leave your house. And we will tell you if anything you're doing is or is not essential and that includes protesting against our thoughts that just there like and no one's breaking this down and thinking about it and no normal people are thinking about it but what they're basically saying is you're our little bitch mm. and th- there's no like messing around now it's like we own you yeah they're we not even everything. pretending anymore no we own we own everything you do what what you do for, for earning your money what you you know what you choose to protest about everything and we want to track you and you know that is and uh, and we're going to send out we're going to send out a check and furlough your mortgage payments for 3 months thank us yeah it, it's a really <laughs> weird it's a it's a really weird situation and um but like i say the, the general so that's you know you and i thinking probably from a bitcoiner perspective because we do look at things from a contrarian view. We do see that the more, f- the more, the further you go down the rabbit hole, the more it exposes you to like, oh, well, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's mm. a lie. And every like pillar of, of society that everyone else believes, you're like, 
well, I can actually prove that that's a lie and that you're wrong on every single one of them. So you will then assume this is also a lie and it's all to, to one, it's all to further a certain goal for a certain group of people. Um, so it, it is hard to get into the mindset of everyone else, but I do, I feel sad because I see people very, very scared and they are, they're like, they're really worried. Um, and, and they're either worried about their health or they're genuinely worried about, can I, can I continue to live? Like, how am I going to pay for things? Like a lot of the mm -hmm. people, a lot of the people who are, let's say, uh, more well-off people, it's not really affecting them too much. Um, they're getting money anyway, even though they're not working. It's effectively a holiday. The bigger businesses are getting bailed out. Um, most of these people have got some form of savings. The likelihood is that, although it, it is ridiculous, the likelihood is that over time, um, the assets that they have are going to go up in value anyway because <laughs> there's all this money sloshing around and you know we'll get into that a bit later about where we think it's going to go but it will go into normal assets as well not just bitcoin uh, so they're fine but the people at the bottom who are uh, self-employed or you know one parent working because they can't afford childcare, and the other one is self-employed they get nothing and they're told you you can't <laughs> you you can't you can't go and work so those people really, as always, just get the shit end of the stick. As always, it's mm. always the same. It's always the people who need it most who get the least. And it's always the people who don't need anything who get it all. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Could it, could it be different this time? And coming back to what you were saying earlier, you've got to feel pain before you fall down the rabbit hole. So... Mm. Could this be the point? Could this be the turning point? Could this be the, this be the decade that it gets turned on its head? That the the have-nots, it's a horrible term, but you mm. know, you know what I mean. Like um, that, those people that truly are struggling out are going to truly feel the pinch. Yeah. Um, are they going to once they get introduced to this type of thing? Like, what do you mean? What, what, what? You know, once they see it on mainstream media, once they see it on the news, mm. like you know what. What is this thing? What is this thing? Like what this Bitcoin yeah. thing? How is that twenty thousand pounds now? How is that twenty five thousand pounds now? How is that thirty thousand you know? Is there a podcast on this? Is there a mm. is there a book on this? Is there an article on this? Like what do, do any of my friends know about this? What what is it? And because it I won't be that, too late. And this is what I want to stress. It won't be too late. Price does not matter. Mm. It will not be too late. I I completely agree. And and like you were saying, you know. I think it almost is our job or our duty to help these people because, you know, trying to just trying to boil that message down and have enough podcasts and enough of us out there and enough articles and enough people just sounding the drum because one of the podcasts or one of the books or one bit of information or a meme or something will, will get into someone's head when they when they've already felt that pain um th that's the optimistic side of me the pessimistic side of me thinks we've got one or two more cycles of pain they've got to really rinse out every last drop of blood out of, out of everyone um and they control the narrative and the average person 
And again, like I don't think haves and haves nots is a bad term because it's the truth. It's like some people have and some people really have not. Um, and not just have not uh, assets or, or the rest of it. It's like opportunity, um, time, you know, like you were saying with, with safe, you're talking about time preference and like it's all well and good in theory, but there are people who have zero savings. They earn literally enough or not even enough to put a roof over their head and feed themselves. Um, they have one problem, one issue, the tiniest thing, a, a boiler goes wrong or uh, there's a leak or anything and they are in so much trouble and they're having to borrow. Those people, they're the ones who really need this. And, and mm -hmm. they can just put 10p a week in. They can just, you know, it is possible or earn just, you know, a tiny little side hustle selling, uh, I don't know, some tight, you know, some little five pound thing that they can make homemade cards or something like that. And they can sell them for sats or, or a service or whatever it is. They're the people who need it. Um, but it's how do you, how do you get them? to have the time to look into this stuff and understand it how do you get that message across because it's hard like you can't just say oh right you know magically wow there you are you understand Austrian economics there you are you understand our current financial system and how corrupt it is there you are you understand what how politics really works there you are you understand how media works you can't you know that's what money is they don't mm. they don't know so um perversely Perversely, yeah. I think human beings are un we're we're wired to understand Austrian economics. It's just basic. True. Yeah, that's true. Which is like, but somehow we've fallen for the other side, the, the other yeah. narrative. Like, and this, like, you know, this Keynesian, in, like, it's it just like this overgoverned, overpolicied, overregulated like world that we live in that we all know protects the very wealthy. We, we've mm. we've all grown up knowing that. We've all grown up knowing billionaires live offshore somewhere, mm -hmm. and it's not—it's not the billionaires that live offshore that are the problem. It's like, who put those loopholes in the system? Yeah, the, you know, that's the question. And where did that come mm. from? But at heart, we all understand supply and demand. It's just in us. It's like that's part true. of our fiber. And um, but you know, in, in talking about controlling the narrative, I want to touch on. Um, what happened with um and i know knut's been on your show uh knut's von yeah. holmes he's um, a great book. great guy i really enjoyed chatting with him he's really and really funny he's excellent and you know he released his new book yes well he tried to release it but amazon shut it down mm. because it had the word covid19 in it how dare in he? the blurb how dare right? he <laughs> what the hell is going on what I mean, but but the sentence along the lines, what was um, you know, this book was written just before the um, the pandemic of COVID nineteen, but I still think a lot of material stands up, and yet yeah, it was not, it mm. was not a negative thing. It was just like a quick, no, not allowed. Amazon won't allow it. You have to, you, you have to remove the word, and that is happening at the same time that the CEO of YouTube is turning around and saying anything that is. Um, contrary to what the WHO is mm. um, advising will not be aired on YouTube. And you're like, holy shit. Mm. Yeah, it, it's, 
it's a weird time and it and it isn't a weird time because it's all stuff we've talked about for forever mm-hmm. it's just it's just like being accelerated now mm. um so you c- i guess we can look at it as in two ways it's like obviously ridiculous Newt's last book. I haven't read the new one yet. I, I tend to try and do audio books just because I can then do two things at once. And it's just, again, time. But I'm really looking forward to listening to it. Um, and I'm really sad that that happened to him. But at the same time, it does raise awareness. You know, it does make people realize, hold on a minute. This guy has just said COVID-19. That's that's what he said like <laughs> but he can't sell his book because he said that they you know even normal people will go that's weird i wonder why you know i wonder why they've done that because that's not really something that you would normally stop someone from selling a book for or the same like you're saying on youtube um one of the guys do you know btc sessions um, yes i do yes yeah so so the same thing happened to him like all his videos and it, all his content all got blocked and like i just had someone on my show and they were like oh yeah i'd like to set up a node as well and i was like well look check out this video it really helped me this guy's awesome like he he's i think he's been going for about four years really breaks it down doesn't go like too over the top and it's just really really helpful he got taken off No one knows why. Pretty much just there was a culling of just like load of Bitcoiners who all just got taken off. And again, like, I was really upset that it happened. He's now found a workaround. um, And it looks like he's trying to like get away from YouTube and try and find other alternatives. And and maybe it's just that. Maybe we just have to accept that like there is so much corruption in government, in our money, within these big institutions that maybe you you can't actually fight them you can't actually try and say oh can you change the rules can, you know can you actually make an ex- an exemption or an exception um and and we don't agree with what you're doing maybe we just have to say well we'll do our own thing we've had enough we'll do our own thing and i think that's when things really change is where we say well no thanks youtube we, we we'd rather find something else you know uh eventually i see it happening with twitter as well um you know that that the actual the service that you get the actual idea behind it is absolutely world changing it's amazing but to have you know everything to do with bitcoin is about taking out these middlemen and mm. uh these are the middlemen and you know try arguing with amazon or try arguing with youtube <laughs> good luck um i don't see a way you win that other than just taking away their business you know we take away their money (laughs) we take away the control of their money through bitcoin we take away their control of the narrative by not letting them have these huge uh these huge corporations that control everything you just again you decentralize all that out like uh, maybe we're 10 years away from it but i think we have to think about it we have to try and get out from under them Maybe Jack is already building a new platform, a new Twitter, just for uh, 100%, like a completely de- 100%. A completely decentralized one. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, it's um, interesting. 100%. Have you watched his, his interviews recent, well, within the last sort of year and a half? He's done, no. uh, so he did one with Marty, 
Um, and he did another one that I watched with Joe Rogan. Obviously, the one with Marty is very much about Bitcoin. Um, but the one with Joe Rogan, he he slipped it in there and was talking about, you know, how things were back in the day with Twitter and how it was an open protocol and how it all started. And, you know, that he, he, he was, ba- without saying it, he was pretty much saying, I don't like censorship and I don't like regulation. And I think these things should be open. And also that Bitcoin will be um, the native currency to the, to the internet. Um, so I'd be shocked if he isn't sort of doing something in the background. Well, let's hope so. Right, mate, how should we close this out? Because we, we've been going already just over an hour. So Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I guess uh, if you can tell me if there's any other rabbit holes you have gone down since we last spoke as well, because we obviously talked about the technical side with uh, with the nodes and things, and I know you've been doing safes course, but is there anything else that has grabbed your attention? Hmm. Good question. Um, yeah. Um, the, the the whole the whole macro outlook it, it just fascinates me and i just did an interview this morning with an ex um, colleague and client of mine who's like a 25 plus year uh, biodiesel grain oil options trader and you know he, he's still based in singapore which is a huge base for for the oil and gas industry and obviously what happened last week with um the price of oil closing at negative $37 a barrel. That was so weird. Uh, well, I, that's what I wanted to get him on about <laughs> and um, explain this, you know, like how can this happen? Why does this happen? What does the, what does it mean? What are the ripple effects? Because I think what is crazy to me is now we've got oil back at like 15 to $17 a barrel or whatever. And everyone thinks that's fine. Mm. It's like everyone, everyone's moved on. It's like guys, it closed at down $37 a barrel, like minus, negative, mm. red. That's like you going to fill your van up with petrol, going to pay for it, and that Thank guy you. giving you 100 quid. And a second. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, you know, that doesn't just happen and we all go back to normal life. It's going to take a month or two for those ripple effects to take hold. And... I wanted to get his view on it and we had a really good discussion about it and he really laid it out on the table in very, very simple terms, which I hope people um, get to listen to. Um, and it's like, you know, the, the the amount of different firms that were exposed to, to that one-day settlement mm. is going to... You can't just sweep something like that under the rug. There is going to be a mass default and bankruptcy somewhere. Mm-hmm. Huge. Could it be it could be one of the world's top banks or a hedge fund. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they'll get bailed out like they always do. But then, you know what? What's the offset? You know, if they go bankrupt, then another company go bankrupt on the back of it. It's like oh wait, all over again. You know, as soon as soon as Lehman went, every other bank that had counterparty risk with Lehman was now at huge risk. And then um, mm-hmm. Bayer Stearns fell over, and then. You know, what's next? AIG were on the brink. 
Freddie, um, Freddie and Fanny, um, Freddie May and Fanny Mac. Um, have I got them? Freddie Mac and Fanny May. Fanny May. Like the yeah, the um, the the mortgage um, underwriters. So this, these are the rabbit holes I find myself in now. It's like, man, how can I join these dots? Because what's gonna what's gonna happen, basically? Yeah. Um. What happens to property markets? What happens to currencies? Because countries will start devaluing their currencies uh, in currency wars. Um, what's happened to the whole, you know, clearly globalization was a brilliant thing until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that happened like in an instant. Gradually then suddenly. Now, yeah, now now globalized, you know, supply chains are the the, the shittest idea that would that ever lived. Yeah. Because we can't, you know, single point of failure, China. Mm. Bam. Exposed us all. And it, that hasn't yeah. even really played out yet. You know, that it's not we've not got to the point where we've even suffered on the it's back of stopped. like you know, none of us have we haven't gone begging for food yet. We can still go and get whatever we need. Mm-hmm. You might have to queue up at the uh, the supermarket. The toilet roll thing was just a joke. Yeah. But, you know, we've still got gasoline pumping out. That You know, all of our daily lives, we're still going around as if this whole breakdown in the global supply chain hasn't affected us. How is that possible? And it's- at what point does that hit? It's really weird, but it does it does a couple of things. So, like, just before we close out, I would say that when you know when you said oil went negative, how does that make sense? There's a few how does that make senses happening all at one time. Um, you know, how does it make sense that you have negative interest rates? Just logically, like you, ex- if you if you explain that to a child, they'd be like, like, like you said, like, fill up my car, I go in, they'll give me cash back and a Snickers. Right. That doesn't happen in life. No one's ever going to do that. That's ridiculous. Anyone could work that out. You do the same with, right, I'm going to loan you money, but I want less back than I've lent you after a period of time. No one's going to do that either because it's ridiculous, but it's happening. So whatever goes on, and like you say, they're going to bail them out and all this stuff is just going to continue and property markets will, will probably dip and then they'll pump a load of money so that the, the values will go up. I mean, in terms of purchasing power, they'll stay the same or, or go down, but in terms, you know, in, in nominal value, they'll go up. But you will be able to say to like normal people, do you think it's weird that you actually had to pay someone to take your oil away? Do you think it's weird that you loan money out and get less back? Do you think that's a good deal? People will start to go, that is a bit weird. So if it just at least does that, it might be enough to spark people and them go, hang on a minute, something's not right. Yeah, Maybe. for sure, mate. Well, I hope so. All right, coming in. Um, who's your moonshot guest? Who do you want on? Yeah. Who's probably the absolute? You, yeah, <laughs> you probably, probably you. But uh, I've 
I've I've got you now. So <laughs> yeah, I think to be honest, that's that's it. I've now really fulfilled everything I could ever want. Um <laughs> And anything from there is downhill, so I'll probably just close up shop. No, I, d- I, d- I don't know. Um, I, st- I still, um, it's a really weird one, and it's not part of the whole Bitcoin circuit, but I'd really like Ricky Gervais on. Hmm. Um, I, I think I said this last time, and like I, I will keep saying it until I, until I get him on. I just think he's a really, really smart bloke. He's really down to earth. He hasn't come from money, so I think he understands, although, yeah, he's very wealthy now, I think he understands what it's like to struggle. He's from my ends. Um, I'd have a laugh even if he doesn't understand the whole Bitcoin thing. Um, And he genuinely doesn't give a fuck about what he says. So, like, if he got it, he might bring it up at the next Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I would say I would say I'd, he would be my my number one. I want to get on. Excellent. What, yeah, what about yourself? Choice. I know it's your question, but what about yourself? Uh, yeah. Is there anyone that you're you're like really sort of hoping for? That you, I mean, you've had some amazing guests on recently, but yeah, I always try and think about like the uh, the real left fielders. And um, I was talking to John Vallis and Kay Van Devani about this the other night, and they. Like John went for the Dalai Lama, Kevin went for um, Putin, and, and I went. Yeah, it's like you couldn't get more. He's a hodler. He's a hodler. Oh yeah, for sure. Putin is hodling. He's stacking sats. And and I chose Elon because I can't believe he doesn't get it. I just can't believe that he doesn't. You know, he, he does. He has he to. Does. Has to. Um, so yeah, I'll put some more thought into it and because, you know, it's the kind of question I ask at the end of every show and Joe Rogan is by far and away like the, 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 the most picked and it's because Mm. of his, um, because of his audience. Um, he's had Andreas on already and like he's exposed to this stuff, but it, it doesn't seem like it's really clicked with him. Uh, or maybe it has, and he's just got really good opsec. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, who, who knows? But um, yeah, I, th- I think um, I think Elon would be a, a really good one. I'll tell you what: if I get Ricky, um, yeah, then I'll swap him with Elon for you. We'll, uh, we'll do actually a guest swap. <laughs> I know who else I'd love to get on. It'd be uh, Snowden, Ed Snowden. Oh yeah, I mean, that would be. Have you read his book? I just went through it. It was really no, I've good. got it downloaded. It's on my Audible, and um, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's about three or four underneath some Bitcoin books. So yeah. <laughs> you'd have to wait, Ed. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think his insights into it would be um, truly. Uh, I'd love to know what he thinks. Like you know, he does mention we know, it in the book. We know he's been exposed to it uh, mm. through WikiLeaks when WikiLeaks was shut down by Visa and Mastercard and whoever else. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll be uh, an interesting one. All right, mate. Well, this has been this has been awesome. Great to catch up over uh, a few. Uh, well, your glasses of wine to my few beers. And um, yeah, thanks again, mate. Yeah, it's been great to catch up, and uh, we have to do it again soon. It's been too long. Thank you for listening, guys, and thanks uh, again to Max for um, 
you know, giving up the time to sit down, have a, a few glasses of red and um, talk about uh, how podcasting has uh, affected the both of us over the last uh, three to four months. Well, he's been running his for a little bit longer, maybe uh, five or six months myself, um, just around uh, probably about the 12-week the mark now. And I mean, as you heard us discuss there, we've been absolutely blown away by the people that we've been exposed to and had the privilege and honor to um, interact with and the kind of lasting impressions it's it's had on us and shaping our thinking. Um, I, I hope you, you, you head over to Max's show. It's uh, called Bit by Bit and uh, go and connect with him on Twitter uh, and reach out, say hi. You know, he's doing the the same thing as many podcasters in this space, just just trying to put himself out there and uh, educate as many other people out there as possible. Uh, really interesting what he was talking about, the nodes. After recording, we decided um, we'll have to put together some kind of show where he walks me through how to, to build one of these things and, and in a really, uh, hopefully, dumb and um, simple way so that uh, anybody else out there that might be thinking about doing this might be able to tune in. Perhaps we'll do a video of some sort. But, uh, yeah, all at the planning stages right now. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Thanks for you know being part of this journey. Any like or shill or share that um, you, you send out to your your followers or your family or friends goes a long way to, to help um, you know, spread the word, spread the education. So uh, huge thanks. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening and uh, look forward to the next show.